0: Hey guys, it's the Tuck Rule, the official podcast of the Buffalo Bills. It's me as always, Victoria, and I'm joined by my co-host, Katie.
1: What's up, Katie? Uh, not much. Not much. Just enjoying the fact that uh, John Gruden is not in our intro anymore. Um, But yeah. Yeah, um, we're going to get to John Gruden once we get to the NFL stuff. Uh,
0: But uh, yeah, we're going to be changing up our intro on short notice we're just not going to have one this week. Next week I'm going to figure something else out. There's got to be something else we can do. But yeah, original intro uh farewell. Um
1: so yeah. Which which, you know, which you know we needed to do and uh we are very happy to do. Um uh so I am going to start with college football, but I just want to say before I get into that, thank you all for uh supporting me on Twitter uh on, I believe it was Thursday. I was having a pretty rough time mentally, and y'all said some really kind things, and I really enjoyed that. Um, so thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's uh, it means a lot to know that I have this little community on Twitter that is so supportive and so welcoming and so kind. And I just thank you all so much again. Um, but we get to college football now. Um, so. This weekend, I believe the Athletic actually rated it as one of the top 25 college football weekends of all time. Um, That's kind of what we're dealing with here. Uh, But we are going to start with some notable scores that we don't really want to talk about too much. Um, First off, number two, Georgia, 34, number 18, Auburn, 10. Auburn actually looked okay in the first half, threatened a little bit. but they only got three points out of a possible 14 in the first half. Um, and Georgia kind of dominated the second half, kind of overwhelmed Auburn some. But I believe Auburn still had over 300 yards total offense, um, which is actually an accomplishment against this Georgia defense. Our boy, Lad McConkie. Let's talk about Ladd McConkie. <laughs> More...
0: Honestly, this week, Chad McConkie.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, five catches, 135, one TD. Was SEC freshman of the week. Um, yeah. Yeah, her boy. Second Georgia uh, man,
0: Georgia is crazy. Like Georgia's nuts. They are a death machine.
1: Yeah, yeah. That number 1 ranking probably should have come earlier, but I understand why you don't really want to You get you give kind of a champion's favor a little bit uh with alabama but again we'll talk about alabama a and m a little bit later on next game was top five matchup and you may be wondering why we're not discussing this in detail um it's because the game sucked uh number three iowa 23 number four penn state 20. when i tuned into the game the very first time sean clifford threw a back-footed interception uh that's that's the kind of game it was but he was actually their best offensive weapon uh they I believe they went up 14 to 3 at the end of the first quarter. Um and then when Sean Clifford went out and uh their backup Taquan Robinson came in, ugh, it's it, it was terrible.
0: I feel so bad for Taquan Roberson because he on 21 attempts, he averaged 1.6 yards per attempt. Uh, yeah. That's
1: Yeah, they killed him. They killed him.
0: Like That's not good.
1: Uh Yeah, he there was a there was a point in the game where I think They had already been backed up to 3rd and 18, and they had two false start penalties, and it was like 3rd and 28 inside their own 10. Um, That's the kind of day Penn State had after that. Iowa came back in the second half. They scored a touchdown off a backside corner route that was there. They won 23-20. Crowd obviously exploded. Um, I mean, it's like I said uh, last week. This was probably the worst top five game, or the least memorable top five game I've probably ever seen.
0: There were... I'm not sure if I've ever seen this many third downs in a game. There were 35.
1: Oh, my God. I didn't see... (laughs) See, Victoria usually has the box scores in front of her, and I have the notes that I've taken. So, holy shit.
0: Penn State was 5 for 16, and Iowa was 7 for 19 on third down. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just... Fuck the Big Ten. Uh, this podcast is anti-Big Ten. That is absolutely ab- this year.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. And the bad thing is, is that both of these teams will be sacrificed to to Ohio State, who now actually looks okay now. But yeah, Ohio State's good again. Unfortunately. We had our fun. Yeah, we did. In the Big Ten, uh, because uh, God has decided to smite us all for eternity, uh, number nine, Michigan 32, Nebraska 29. Um, Michigan kind of dominated the first half. Uh Got their ground going, their ground game going pretty good. Uh, Nebraska's best offense, I always thought it was funny. Uh, so, Adrian Martinez, our quarterback, just lobbed it up in the air. And if someone came down with it, fine. If they got an interference penalty, fine. But it was actually their most effective offense the entire game. <laughs> it actually ended up working, and they actually ended up getting a 22 19 lead. Michigan had been up 19 7. Uh, both teams kind of trade leads in the fourth quarter. Um, Adrian Martinez ends up going on a quarterback run. He gets it stripped out. Uh, Michigan recovers. They kick the field goal. They win 32-29. The thing about Nebraska, they are at plus 46 in point differential this year. They're averaging over a touchdown a game better than their opponents in terms of point differential uh, against FBS opponents, by the way. I'm not a, I'm not even counting their FCS win. Nebraska's lost a lot of close games. You do kind of feel for Scott Frost, but still, they're 0-9 against ranked opponents. Ugh. I genuinely worry that Scott Frost is probably not going to last too much longer at Nebraska, which their athletic director, Tom Osborne, said if he can't make it work, who can? And we go... Out west, uh, to the Mountain West. Uh, Well, BYU's not in the Mountain West. They, I believe, will be in the Big 12, if I'm not mistaken. Who knows? Yes. Who knows? Uh, Boise State, 26, uh, number 10, BYU, 17. I believe BYU maybe thought that they had an outside shot at the national title. Uh, BYU probably could have won this game, but they fumbled the ball uh, three times. Two of them were in the second quarter at a time when... Boise was kind of starting to find their momentum. Uh, Boise ends up scoring 23 unanswered. They end up getting the win here. Pretty routine win from the Broncos, which is actually kind of a surprise given they've been kind of mediocre this year. I believe they're only 3-3 three and three even after that win. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is, yeah this, is, this is not good Boise State, and I was baited. I had vested
1: interests in this game.
0: Uh, I wagered on Mormons, and I will never do it again.
1: No, well, the thing is that their offense wasn't—it wasn't terrible. I believe mean, I think BYU outgained Boise State by like a hundred yards, but they still lost because they were like minus four in turnover margin. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we get to uh, my vested interest undefeated team lake forest my demon Deacons went on the road to syracuse new york and knocked off the orange in overtime uh but wasn't easy lake forest made uh garrett schrader syracuse quarterback look like johnny Manziel early like i'm not kidding this dude probably had multiple 10 15 20 yard scrambles and Syracuse actually probably dominated the first 20 or 25 minutes of the game. Syracuse was up 21-10 at one point. I, I think the turning point, though, that kind of made this game more of back and forth and fair. Lake Forest had a 3rd and 23. They ended up completing the pass for a first down. Ends up going in for a touchdown. It's 21-17. Both of these teams kind of trade back and forth until overtime. A.T. Perry ends up catching the winning fade route in overtime. Uh... And if you want to talk about a guy who, uh, knew when to kind of come in at the right times, A.T. Perry, three catches, 135 yards, three touchdowns. Absolutely perfect. And of course, the last game I want to talk about, Tennessee 45, South Carolina 20. This game is not notable in any stretch of the imagination, (laughs) uh, except mine. Uh, this is just, yeah, this is just pure, uh, me gloating, um, we're four and two. We're four and two. I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't think we'd be four and two. I think we had, yeah, we put up about the same amount of yards as Georgia did against South Carolina. Uh, don't look at how. Don't look. Don't look. <laughs> oh, I'm looking. I'm looking right now. Uh, uh, it wasn't as good as the Missouri game, obviously, but I don't think anything ever will be. Uh, Victoria, do you want to hear what our next month looks like?
0: Uh, I think I know, but why don't you hit me
1: with it anyway? Okay. Ole Miss, number 13 at home this week. Oh, they a three and a half point underdog, which is wild. Uh, we're at Alabama for the third Saturday game, which is actually the fourth Saturday. It's been like that for a while. Then we go to number 11, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky, undefeated, playing well. I actually think that that's probably our best chance for an upset win. Uh, oh, cap it off. Nice game on November 13th against number one, Georgia at home. That's our, that's our <laughs> next, next four weeks. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what? Tennessee, you still have a
0: pretty good shot of going to a bowl, and uh, that's better than I thought that we would do. That's right. Um,
1: that's right. At the start of the I season. Loved, I, uh, I love the love The Wii, we. The we, like, Victoria is becoming yeah, yeah. a fan very quickly. I, I love her to death for it. I wish I could say I had the same for the Bills, but I will be a fan of the Bills <laughs> in the playoffs, so, hey, why not? So, uh, that kind of recaps the games that I don't think we'll get too in-depth with. So, when we started off this Saturday, we had two games at noon that we thought might kind of be interesting in Oklahoma and Texas and Ole Miss and Arkansas. Um, Both of these games ended up being absolutely fucking batshit. And let's go Oklahoma-Texas, because I think... There is so much to this game I want to discuss. Texas basically dominated the first quarter. Uh, (laughs) It was 28-7, and I think one of those came off of a 75-yard, like, little, like, dump pass to the wide receiver that went for a touchdown. Another came from a blocked punt. I was kind of alternating between a few games, so I didn't see exactly how they got to 28. Texas had, like, a 96% chance to win at this point. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so the turning point actually does come for Oklahoma when they benched Spencer Rattler. Yeah, he got benched for the second year of the row in the Red River Shootout. Uh, and they had a true freshman come in, Caleb Williams. Offense nearly took a... Offense took an upturn nearly immediately because I think he hit like a 66-yard touchdown run like after yeah. right after he came in.
0: Um, Not a good look for Spencer Rattler for a guy who was getting like quarterback one in the 2022 draft hype um yeah oh uh we should stop crowning kids when they're 18 because they're five stars but that's like a whole other like rant i could have i
1: could yeah i could do star door discourse for days uh for now oklahoma kind of turns this game around but it's not immediate i think uh Caleb Williams plays okay, but it's still 41-23 late in the third. You'd expect Texas to pull it out. Uh, <laughs> that is, uh, not what happened. Um, Oklahoma scored 25 fourth quarter points. When you saw Oklahoma starting to close the cap, you kind of knew, like, oh, Texas might Texas this, huh? And that's exactly what they did. Um... I feel bad for Texas because there were some things that were just they did that that were amazing. Uh, Bijan Robinson had probably what I would consider a Heisman caliber run, uh, where he just like breaks like four or five tackles and like stiff arms a guy, cuts back across the mm-hmm. field, and I think he ran for like fifty yards on that play. But yeah, Oklahoma comes back. And they end up getting a 33 yard walk off touchdown run from Kennedy Brooks. <sighs> Just absurd. Like, what the. Like,
0: <laughs> how on. How do you have a 33 yard touchdown run to win the
1: game, like, as the clock's expiring? Like, what the <laughs> fuck, Texas? Texas, what did you do? Oh, my God. Um, uh, Oklahoma wins 55 48. Their season is pretty much saved. Um, I think that they would have still had a chance at the college football playoff if they had lost. Some of these stats from individual players are just absurd. So, Xavier Worthy, Texas wide receiver, nine catches for 256 yards in two TDs. Casey Thompson, 20 of 34, 388, five touchdowns, no picks. Um... Kennedy Brooks, the Oklahoma running back that won the game. 25 carries, 217 yards, two touchdowns. Um uh, th- there's so much here. Like I
0: Yeah, it's I it's like I don't even like like when you let into the segment, I was like where the fuck is she going to start with this game? Yeah. Like I don't even know how you talk about it. Like so much happened. Yeah, it it just
1: mm, there's just well, I think if you're a defensive coordinator, you got to be a little yeah. you got to be a little sad. <laughs> like, like, the, like that's the first thing. Um, but, but um, if you're Oklahoma, obviously you have a bit of a quarterback controversy now. Uh, I would personally—is
0: it a controversy though? No,
1: is it a controversy? I mean, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. I, I think you start Caleb Williams. It just nobody has any film on him yet. Just ride the wave until you can anymore. That was the uh, future SEC game. Uh, We had two current SEC teams uh, in Arkansas and Ole Miss who, both of them, they got their asses beat last week, uh, to put it mildly. This game was actually kind of normal uh, in terms of like, it wasn't really anything like too, too crazy. Um, Ole Miss was driving. They got a strip fumble by Arkansas had a strip fumble on him. Uh, and from there, it kind of unlocked the insane zone. Uh, uh, both of these teams were just trading offensive highlight reels for like the next 35 minutes. Uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I talked about Hayden Henry and Bumper Pool, who were Arkansas's linebackers. They got fucking shelled in this game. <laughs> And like the defensive backs for both of these teams, good God, love them, God love them. Um, there was so much mossing in this game that like Traylon Burks uh, had two consecutive mosses in a row, identical
0: mosses on like the same guy.
1: Yes, yes, the exact the same guy on the same play. It was absurd.
0: It, by the way, uh, Traylon Burks, he, you're gonna see him on Sundays. Oh yeah, yeah. Obviously, there was no defense played in this game, and I think I might have overestimated Arkansas's defense based on what they did against A and M, maybe a little bit. But it makes me so happy to see both these teams, like fun and cool again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I just loved how both of them played in this game. I I loved Sam. I loved Sam Pittman saying, "I'm not going to play for overtime. I'm going to play for the win." And I love that you know Ole Miss is. You know, Ole Miss, they have those powder blue uniforms. They look really nice. And Lane Kiffin, whatever you think about him, and I've, as a Tennessee fan, I've thought a lot about him. <laughs> uh, I, he's not dumb, obviously. He's a very smart football coach, but as a person, he just does things that are extremely funny sometimes. So from that perspective, I, I am on the same page with Victoria, both of these teams are fun. Offensive stats from this game. Oh my God. 16 of 25 drives ended in a score, but uh, in the second half, it was 11 of 14 offensive drives in this half that ended with a score. Uh, yeah. Uh, 1,300 yards of total offense nearly. Uh, Arkansas won the total yardage battle 676 to 611. So uh, good job, Arkansas defense, for. Contained in that Ole Miss offense. Oh, my God. Uh, K.J. Jefferson, 25 of 35, 326, three touchdowns, passing, 20 carries, 85 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. He had six total touchdowns in this game. Absolute king. Yeah.
0: K.J. Jefferson, he is always going to be one of my favorite college quarterbacks after this game. He went nuts.
1: Oh, yeah. He went off and, like, oh, my God. Matt Corral did too. Fourteen of twenty-one for two hundred and eighty-seven yards. Like, that's like that's Josh Allen against the fucking Chiefs. Like, kinda We'll of. get
0: there. We'll get there.
1: We will. We will. And I know Victoria will fucking make sure we get there. Uh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh three passing touchdowns from Matt Corral. Another rushing touchdown. Uh two hundred and eighty seven yards passing, ninety four yards on the ground. Um I think you can kinda run out of superlatives to kind of figure out what this game was. It was it truly was an all-timer. And like I said, I, I I love Sam Pittman for going for the win. I think Ole Miss did look like the slightly better team at the point where Arkansas went for it for the win. Um, so, you know, Arkansas lost. I don't think that they actually dropped in the poll because of it. I'm not sure. I'll have to look at they that. They didn't drop far anyway, yet they dropped four spots. That's, oh,
0: That's nothing Uh Ole Miss and Arkansas swapped spots So <laughs> Ole Miss, Arkansas went from 13 to 17 And Ole Miss went from 17 to 13 They just were like yep let's swap them in and out There we go Yeah I,
1: I, I do get it I mean it eh, But honestly I'd, I'd almost call that like a tie game Where you just don't move Or you just don't move them I guess But you kind of have to That was the noon slate The 3.30 slate was fine but then we get to the 8 p.m. CBS game, and I thought, "Why is CBS wasting one of their two 8 p.m. slots that they get a year on Texas A&M, Alabama? Because I thought Texas A&M was totally fucking dead. <laughs> like, um, this is
0: one of the few games this week that I was able to watch because I, uh, as has been established on this podcast before, I get out of work uh, on Saturdays at ten. I was following this game closely at work, so when I got home I was able to watch the rest of it. Um oh wow. Uh-huh. Oh wow. Speaking yeah. of quarterbacks who have written who have written themselves into my heart, Zach Calzada is like he might never start a game again, but he is a legend forever. Like, oh, yeah! he has ascended to the Steven Garcia plane of
1: existence. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Steven Garcia. Fuck. Um <laughs> Also, he was incredible!
0: And he like, was! No, no, you're right! Not even a joke. And, like, Calzada's is a true freshman, and he has a lot of football left to play at Texas A&M, and I think we're probably going to see him for a yeah. long time still. Um, yeah,
1: and it's weird because A&M fans, they had booed him, and they had said, oh, he's the worst quarterback, he's the worst starting quarterback I can ever remember at Texas A&M. Um, which... That's interesting, but <laughs> but yeah, he was yeah. Tw- twenty-one of thirty-one, two eighty-five, three touchdowns, one pick, including winning the game, leading the game-winning drive. I I I feel like some of this Bama is a little uncharacteristic. I think this year there were a lot of really weird, dumb penalties that they committed, um, and quite a few coverage busts too. I, their first touchdown, I think, to Weidemeyer, if I'm not mistaken, that was a coverage bust. That was in Cover Three, Alabama. Basically, to give you kind of a ten thousand foot view of how they play defense, they they have uh, cover three as their base, but they pattern match. Uh, that's just a fancy way of saying they play a zone where they, where you know, you have certain rules for who takes certain people as they go off the line of scrimmage, and it is it is fairly complicated, I'll say. Um, and you can kind of see that Bama's defensive backs eh, they're not quite to the same level that they were. Uh, haven't been able to shut them down. Uh, I believe Alabama kind of noticed that. I, I feel like A&M got a lot of throws to the flat, too. Like, I don't believe... Like, Alabama, I feel like, ran, like, a lot of three sky, which basically tells, like, everyone to kind of drop into hook flat or hook curl. So, yeah, they were up 24-10 at half. feel like A&M actually got a lot of pressure. I believe that they sacked Bryce Young four times. This is a very un-Bama-like game. And I, second half... This second half, oh, yeah. uh, Bama punts to
0: to start the second half, and then Texas A&M goes three and out but has a punt blocked for a touchdown, and it's like, oh god, A&M's fucked. And then they come back immediately with a kick return touchdown, uh-huh. which is nuts, but then after then, it looks like things normalize again. Bama scores a touchdown, and it's a seven-point game again, and then AM has a sequence where, in three drives, they ran ten total plays and punted without doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, Bama fails to uh, capitalize and just kicks a couple of sad, meaningless field goals.
1: Which, by the way, it's weird. Alabama has a good field goal kicker now, which, that's something.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, uh, yeah, but I... V- like, settling for short field goals while you're losing? Uh, and like, I get it because AM looked dead. A&M very convincingly played Possum, uh, during the, uh, during the end of the third and start of the fourth quarter in this game, but still... Alabama did not have any urgency to put him in the ground.
1: No, be, and I think a lot of that is just because, well, they've been there before. I think even Nick Saban can get kind of complacent at times, and I think he thought, this is an unranked team. They struggle to beat Colorado on the road in Boulder. I know Nick Saban will tell you he just thinks one play at a time. I know, I know. I still think that was on their minds. I, You just... Like I said, it was a very uncharacteristically Bama game. There were a lot of penalties, a lot of dumb errors. I believe that they had, I want to say that they had two targeting calls in this game, if I'm not mistaken. I, I I really don't know what else to say about this game other than this is very much a 2010 Alabama team where right? they go 10 and 3 and murder someone in the fucking Citrus Bowl. Like like that's what this team feels like right now. Um, yeah, I'm not willing to say that yet. I am not willing to say that yet. Like, the SEC's
0: good, mm-hmm. uh, but I think Bama might drop enough. Like, I think you have to consider Georgia to be the favorite to win the SEC championship game. Yes. Um, and if we assume that they're going to get Bama there, right?
1: Yeah, right? I, I mean, mean, I don't know. Do you th- I mean, the problem is, I think, as I look at this matchup, and obviously it's way too early. We're halfway into the season. We've still got... A month and a half left, which hard to believe that. Hard to believe that uh, we've got most of their teams already halfway through their season already. But yeah, that's where we're at. Um, I don't think Alabama can move the ball consistently against Georgia. Um, The problem, the problem with Georgia, the Georgia, Georgia, like Achilles heel, I think, is their offense. Like it it just, it's a very boring vanilla, you know, jerking off to twenty ten Nick Saban. Alabama offense that they have at Georgia um so I it's gonna be a rock fight I think but I think Georgia's defense is so good that I I don't know I don't know that's the problem here Bama though uh I mean they're still ranked
0: fifth I think they're still definitely gonna be in the mix yeah
1: I mean I don't think it's not that they're not in the mix I just think that like I feel like that they'll drop one to like maybe Arkansas or something um that that feels like something that could happen, um, you know, just because of a dumb game that goes, you know, not your way. Like, that sort of thing. That's kind of what I feel like.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm looking at their upcoming schedule, and they got Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, so that's three wins. Well, uh, four wins, New Mexico State. Aggies, <laughs> why? Aggies, why did you agree to that? Um, <laughs> and then they finished the season hosting Arkansas and then at Auburn. And this is a weird Auburn team, but I'm not – I don't know. the I'm sovereign not team in could either of those games.
1: Yeah, the sovereign team I think could go either way in that game. I think that there are two losable games in Arkansas and Auburn. Just Yes. Th- that's my take on it. Um but yeah. Because this is a longer episode, we 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 kinda we had to make some sacrifices. Uh we were gonna talk about the Cumball. Uh, UMass and UConn, two winless teams. Uh UMass dominated that game. Uh, the only thing I wanna say is UConn is playing Yale up next. Uh, this is not a good Yale team, <laughs> by the way. Uh, they're two and two, and they've lost to the Holy Cross and Dartmouth. Um, ESPN's FBI gives uh, Yale a fifty-nine percent chance of beating UConn. Um, <laughs> um, oh UConn, yeah! Oh, UConn won a power conference.
0: UConn won a power conference.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're and they'll be underdogs against Yale. Oh, by the way, this game is also on CBS Sports Network at noon. Uh, if you're a real sicko. Um, but to, to move things along a little bit. Uh, a- every week we have a segment where Victoria tells us what the fuck Presbyterian did this week. Um, the reason we do this is uh, they have Kevin Kelly. Uh, Presbyterian does the coach who never punts. They're an FCS school in the Pioneer League. I know Victoria is very excited and uh, has a little bit of optimism for Presbyterian this week maybe a
0: bit um so presbyterian lost again guys uh 38 to (laughs) 30 this time to moorhead state Uh um uh presbyterian made the game close at the end but uh you know like hanging and looking somewhat respectable against another pioneer league team is progress ren hefley threw the ball 80 times in this
1: game (laughs) for the blue (laughs) hose god i believe both of the i believe both the completions and attempts mark are fcs records um i'm fairly sure that's the case
0: 50 completions 80 attempts four touchdowns and three picks for Ren <laughs> oh. the running game did not do much at all um some of these names on like it just presbyterian has some a plus names their leading receiver in this game is named jalen witcher like the video game (laughs) i don't know what's going on there uh Uh, but yeah you have jalen witcher you have delvecchio powell is the starting running back yeah i'm not sure if there's that much to say about presbyterian this week
1: no um no but but
0: hey it's nice to shout him out yeah and it's not as bad as they looked in the first in their first conference game so uh, two and three Presbyterian Blue Hose. Hopefully, they'll get their conference win at some point this year. Yeah. Um, and with that, let's move to the NFL. And kind of at the start here, uh, we have to... <laughs> we, uh, we, we had to sort of... Oh, gosh. We, oh. we had to rewrite the show kind of at the last minute because all this John Gruden stuff dropped on Monday night. And I think that we could certainly go as deep as we went on urban Meyer here but there just isn't that much to talk about and it's way more certain what's going on this also all started and then like got wrapped up and like it in it felt like an hour so just a wild story uh last week it comes out uh after the raiders lose to the chargers it comes out that in an email in 2011 uh john gruden um used racist tropes to describe uh demoree uh smith with the NFLPA. i'm not gonna repeat those because it's pretty gross but uh yeah not good so that comes out and then he basically manages to successfully sidestep it um by saying that he didn't that he didn't remember se- that he didn't remember sending it first of all gross and he shouldn't have done it um
1: he said he that. didn't have a racist bone in his body like that that's the most racist white person trope i've ever heard
0: So it kind of all gets buried. And I think it's partially because of the Urban Meyer stuff that people are so distracted. But then, uh, uh, so actually, first of all, uh, that first email comes to light because the NFL has launched this big investigation into the Washington football team because uh, they've been proven to have this really toxic workplace culture. And the NFL has something like 500,000 emails from like washington football team uh email correspondence uh and john gruden sent this to bruce allen uh who was a uh executive with washington for quite a while and whoever leaked that was clearly uh not happy uh with the lack of coverage because we uh, got another yeah, big drop this yesterday. Is,
1: yeah this is uh, I don't know if it's worse, but it's certainly, it's, there's a lot more of it, um, I don't even know where to start, um, so all of these things are racist, uh, transphobic, uh, homophobic, he makes fun Misogynist. of, K- yeah, yeah, just all the, all the really terrible things you can think, um, he calls Goodell, um, a certain homophobic slur that starts with an F and ends with a that you could probably uh guess um calls him an anti-football pussy gave jeff fisher shit for drafting michael sam uh drafting uh as quote-unquote queers makes fun of caitlin jenner in 2015 uh mad that the washington football team would have been forced to change their moniker that was another thing that was mad about uh says that roger goodell should be quote in a concussion protocol tent after backing the players on some of the criminal justice and social justice reform issues i think um yeah this is i i feel like i I, would
0: also go ahead want to make sure that we hit this uh gruden also advocated for eric reed to be blackballed from the league uh for protesting during the national anthem he disapproved of Goodell's emphasis on safety, which he believed was scaring parents into steering their sons away from football. So, this is a fucking mess, and it all drops on Monday night, like, at the start of the Monday night football game. Within, like, an hour, uh, well, first of all, By the second
1: quarter, he was out, by
0: the way. Yes. The New York Times reports all this, uh, and then within 30 minutes, a report comes out saying that the NFL is basically gonna keep leaking shit until the Raiders do something about this. Uh, do something about this means, uh, have John Gruden no longer be employed by them. And John Gruden apparently resigned, or at least that's what, uh, at least that's what was stated to have happened. Uh, so in the span of an hour, John Gruden went from having successfully dodged, uh, a racism scandal to, uh, not being the head coach of the Raiders anymore.
1: Yeah. I guess I do want to say it is very disheartening. You know, me and Victoria were trans women. Uh, it's very disheartening when someone who is so high profile in the league basically says, uh, we don't like you and you can, you know, go die, basically. Like, we don't want you here. Like, it's very it, it's very disheartening. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not that upset necessarily um, on my behalf, but... I think that there are a lot more bodies buried under under these emails. Like, I, I guarantee you, this is not the end. Not even close. I know how football culture is. It's going to get way yeah. worse. It's going to get way worse. And uh, it's
0: it's very curious that the NFL is sitting on five hundred thousand emails, and so far they've used those emails to, to like, end John Gruden's career, probably. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see why John Gruden would want to coach football again. Just go back to TV.
1: If if anyone, would would, yeah, if anyone would even fucking hire him at this point, I mean, he'd probably. I mean, he'd probably need to stay away for a year at least. I'd assume. Yeah. Um, so, just uh, I think Albert Breer,
0: which I was actually like pleasantly surprised that he said this because I don't consider him to be a particularly. Um, activist NFL journalist but he said uh it's no coincidence that the first person to face consequences for this email search was a coach and not an owner and I think he's probably right there in that the league gets his power from the owners and if John Gruden can be ruined from emails surrounding a team that he didn't even coach at the time lord knows what's in there that they could use to fuck over Dan Snyder and they haven't done that so far because they don't want to nope anyway uh, I th- just had to talk about that at the top. It's going to be f- cool from here on out, I promise.
1: Yeah, uh, we're, we're going anyway. to be a lot more... This is going to be a lot more lighthearted from here on out. We're going to talk about actual football. Yeah. Uh,
0: so the NFL slate uh, got some games to run through. The Raiders, Broncos, and Panthers are indeed fake. Uh, they all lost games this week that I thought they should have won. Eagles 21, Panthers 18. Sam Darnold looks like crap. Uh, The Eagles did not look impressive, and they still won. No, Um,
1: no. The Panthers are up 15-3 at one point. Uh, Jalen Hurts was 4 of 7 for minus 3 yards to start the game. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Steelers 27, Broncos 19. The Steelers had a bigger lead for most of the game, and the Broncos kind of made it look respectable towards the end. They made a decent comeback effort, but the Steelers shouldn't be beating anyone right now, although they
1: they look better in this game than I thought they would. Yeah, uh, but, well, yeah, it, the Broncos lose that game. Big Ben, over 10 yards in an attempt. Nashi Harris, 23 carries, 122 yards, one touchdown. So, the Broncos, I believe that their first three opponents were a combined 1-11 coming into this game. Um, yeah. That's, that's clearly showing now. Oh, yeah.
0: And lastly, Bears 20, Raiders 9, the last game in the John Gruden era, coached a mere 24 hours-ish before uh, he ended up losing his job. The Bears did not look impressive in this game. Like, Justin Fields did not have a brilliant game. 111 yards and a touchdown on 20 attempts. Eh, he didn't really run the ball either. The Bears ran all over the Raiders with Khalil Herbert. I don't know if you <laughs> know who that is, because I don't. I uh, I don't apparently either. He, apparently, uh, he went to Virginia Tech. So, you got that, uh, 23 years old, uh, I, that's not good for the Raiders, and the Raiders offense, which has been, like, the only, like, thing that's worked really well for them this year, did not do much. Derek Carr had a pretty middling game, and they couldn't really run the ball that well. So, uh, Raiders, in addition to them not having their head coach, uh, it's, went from 3-0 to absolute mess in, like, record time.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it just, uh... Oh, yeah, by the way, Khalil Mack, who Mike Mayock and John Gruden decided to trade, got eight tackles in that game. I just thought I would note that. Um, (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs)
0: Um, Yeah. Just want to hit this real quick. Vikings 19, Lions 17. The Lions Misery Tour continues. Oh, I
1: I feel so bad for Dan
0: Campbell oh i do (laughs) so the lions lose again on a improbable long last second field goal redemption for greg joseph i'm very happy for him um i just want to i'm
1: just yeah i was just going to say i i want to i just want to say jalen reeves maven the guy who calls the fumble go vols so, yeah, that's all I Don't wanted balls. to say. Uh, Chargers 47, Browns
0: 42. This game was bonkers. This is the first time in NFL history that a team that scored more than 40 points and had over 400 yards and no turnovers lost a game.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, and the thing is, I thought Cleveland played a pretty good game, obviously. Uh, they kept the ball away from the Chargers in the first half. Uh, Nick Chubb kind of found some running room. Ended up, I think, with 160 yards on the ground. You know, they... They were able to move the Chargers off the ball pretty effectively.
0: Yeah. I think five weeks into the season, we have a lot of uh, contenders for MVP. I think it might be Justin Herbert's here. Yeah. Uh, might be Kyler Murray's too. Uh, Cardinals improved to 5-0. and We're not really going to talk about that. But, uh, yeah, Justin Herbert's really fucking good. And the Chargers, even though they don't really play defense, they're clearly good. And uh, they're two games up on the Chiefs right now. Uh, uh-huh. So, you looks like they might have that division especially cuz the Broncos and the Raiders don't look like
1: much. Um I, I also want to say Brandon Staley <laughs> Brandon Staley might be the most aggressive coach in the league in terms of going forward on fourth down and two-point conversions. Um it's his, a it, it, his kicker fucking sucks. Yeah, so he yeah. should be. I mean,
0: this this is not it.
1: Yeah, he missed two fucking extra points so I get it. Um yeah. Uh fourth quarter 41 points and eight lead changes uh that's just yeah
0: this this game was nuts so lastly uh we're probably gonna talk about this a little bit longer uh maybe ravens 31 colts 25 this game was ridiculous the colts had a 19 point lead in this game as late as with like 17 minutes to go with like two minutes left in the third quarter the ravens were driving down by 18 or 19 sorry it was 22 to 3 um yeah, this game was fucking wild. Um, yeah, uh, Lamar did not do much for the first forty-five minutes or yeah, eh, forty minutes of this game, and yeah. then he, he and just, then he blacked out.
1: Yeah, he just went off. I feel like the Colts actually had a pretty good game plan in the first half. Um, they were doing like a lot of things where they just walked like six guys like just straight up to the line of scrimmage and just told their back five like, "We'll get the pressure. Just hold them off as long as you can." Um, So they did well for the first 45 minutes of the game. Um, Lamar Jackson, though, the Colts have a problem. I think they only had three cornerbacks on the entire roster, and they were starting a guy who, uh, well, they weren't starting. They were playing a guy who they literally just called up to the practice squad or from the practice squad this week. It was
0: Mark Andrews, 11 catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns, and two two crucial two-point conversions. Yep. Hollywood Brown, nine catches, 125 yards, and and two touchdowns. Hollywood's having his best pro season by far, so that's very nice to see. But, uh, Jesus Christ, Indy. This was, this was like an all-time collapse. Yeah,
1: Um, yeah. And the thing is, is that uh, Carson Wentz actually played a pretty good game. Like, he looked pretty steady. Um, I think the Colts' problem is they're just so fucking banged up right now that I... I don't think that they would have had the depth to hang with the Ravens anyways, but they shouldn't have lost this game. Not even close. I, and some of that, too, is, you know, the two-point conversions. I mean, I, I don't think... It's pretty hard to get two two-point conversions in a row. Um, so, yeah, some of it was a little bit of luck, but uh, Lamar Jackson, holy shit. They made him pass the ball, and he fucking passed the ball all right. Lamar went 37
0: for 43. Uh, for four touchdowns he also added sixty two yards on the ground
1: uh bonkers performance Lamar Jackson good at football turns out um yeah but so, you know <laughs> you know we're gonna we're still gonna hear stories about World well, candy throw against cover three okay a- Katie uh, Katie I think the NFL's figured out Lamar Jackson
0: oh oh I can't wait for that one next year anyway we have two big ticket items here first of all bengals Packers um <laughs> Go ahead, Katie. <laughs> what a fucking game this was. Um, um.
1: <laughs> okay, so... So, I, this game... Um, <laughs> so, Mason Crosby kind of gets us started here. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they had a pretty big game, but that's not the story here. Uh, Mason Crosby tries out. They're going to kick a 36-yard field goal with uh, 2.14 to go. It's 22-22. Uh... He misses a 36-yarder. Uh, I can't remember exactly how he missed it, but I remember being shocked, like, oh, that's unusual. Uh, okay, hold
0: on. Oh, just, just pause. Going into that kick, he had made something like 20 or 27 consecutive field goals. Just have to point that out.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So, Bengals drive. Uh, a little bit upfield. Um. I don't know why you would kick a 57 yard field goal, especially when Aaron Rodgers would have time if you miss it. Uh, but that's what, uh, Evan McPherson did with the, uh, Bengals. Uh, he was the hero last week against the Jags. He hit like a pretty easy chip shot. Uh, this was a 57 yarder. He missed it. It hit the upright. (laughs) Um, Green Bay took over at the 47. Aaron Rodgers got it to Devontae Adams. I think on a corner route for 20 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it might've been a seam route too. Um, so it's thirty three, Mason Crosby gets second chance. Uh he misses it from fifty one. Uh and we're going to overtime. Uh oh Lord. If you're keeping tally Joe Burrow, Yeah, I was gonna say Joe, if you're keeping tally, we've had three missed field goals already. So the
0: Bengals get the ball to start the second half. <laughs> or, not the second half to start Bengals off. get the ball to start overtime. Um and Joe Burrow immediately throws a very strange interception to yeah. a linebacker just just yeah, puts it right in his bread basket Yeah,
1: I, I called it the um, Yeah, he got hit with the orb of confusion from Spongebob that, That's kind of <laughs> what this interception was uh, whew, This one was just whew, Lord
0: And then the Packers Rather than try and uh, score a touchdown Well, I mean, I guess they tried But they didn't try very hard Because in three plays they went back five yards They're like, okay, Mason We know that you missed uh, those last two kicks But uh, give it a try Mason Crosby misses his third field goal in about five minutes of game time.
1: It may have, which has to yeah it may be shorter than that. <laughs> like,
0: um, I don't know if that's a record. It might be a record. Oh my! God. So Bengals oh. get the ball back. Plays, <laughs> Thirty-eight yards, and they take four minutes off the clock, baby. The Bengals are moving. The Bengals uh, are moving right down the field. Uh, we are hand the ball off to Joe Mixon. We are. Th- we are we we are hitting Jamar Chase for twenty yards down the field. Everything's going great. Um, uh, third and two, Joe Mixon to the Green Bay thirty-two yard line for one yard. Fourth and one. They should. This is only a forty-nine yard field goal. He's yeah. got this, Katie. He's got this.
1: Yeah. Um. No, he doesn't. Uh. So. Um. <laughs> oh my God. This is the funniest miss of miss of them all. Um. <sighs> he kicks it from forty-nine. This field goal, I think, kind of like sails like. It goes within a yard or two of the upright, um, and it hits the flag on the... uh, It was wide left, and it hit the fucking flag. Um, I've
0: never seen that in my life.
1: Not me either. I've been watching football since 1994, um, and I've never seen that before. Um, So the really funny part about this is... He's celebrating. He's celebrating because he thinks he thinks it's good. He thinks they've just won the game. I, I believe his holder is also celebrating with him. Um, and then... uh,
0: it's so brutal. <laughs> five five straight misfield goals. You will you will never see that happen
1: again. Apparently, it it it, 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 it can't happen again. It cannot happen again. Apparently, this was the first time it's happened since 1991. And I and I I want to know what game that was. Um. So, <laughs> oh god. Um. So, it hits the flag. Uh, uh. Anyways, the Packers drive. Uh. Mason Crosby gets one last shot. He hits this one. Finally, uh, after five missed field goals in a row, uh, the Packers tie the Bengals, twenty-five, twenty-two. Uh. Not nobody deserved to win this game. I I am steadfast in that belief. There, this game should have been called a fucking tie after the fifth misfield goal in a row. Like, yeah.
0: This is, this is truly one of the most puzzling football games. Like, because, so, I followed the 1pm slate on Red Zone, um, and at a certain point they just stopped cutting away from this game. Like, <laughs> it was like, no, y'all gotta see this shit, um... Packers improved to 4 and 1. They're winning some weird games. The Bengals are 3 and 2, but that's you know, they almost beat the Packers and uh they got the uh, you know, Burrow Chase yeah. Connection is cooking. Uh I I tweeted about this, but like I did not expect Burrow Chase to work in the NFL exactly like it did in college.
1: And yet like, it's worked exactly like it did in college.
0: <laughs> it makes no sense because Burrow has a good deep ball, but like he doesn't have a crazy arm and Chase isn't fast he isn't tall like he doesn't have like a great catch radius i i don't even really know what he's good at he's just like nice with it
1: yeah like
0: like but in the nfl i was like well there's no way that a weak armed quarterback and a slow wide receiver can just hit these deep balls and it's working it makes no <laughs> sense um it's fun though jamar chase is on pace to like equal Justin Jefferson's (laughs) 2020, which is nuts. Especially after that preseason, it's very nice to see.
1: Yeah, Um, I I agree. It's, I think this Bengals team is actually kind of fun to watch. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, well there's one game left to talk about! Oh gosh. Um, Victoria, I know, is on fucking cloud nine after this game.
0: (laughs) What I tweeted after this game was, I'm going to inject ketamine into both my eyeballs and die. How are y'all feeling? (laughs) Holy fucking shit! The Bills dismantled the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Yep. I oh god. I don't. I have no idea where to start with this. Other than I think I'm just gonna read Josh Allen's um, stat line versus Patrick Mahomes. Hit me. Josh Allen goes 15 for 26 for 315 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> oh my. And he adds. He adds 59 yards on 11 carries and a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes goes 33 for 59 for 207 272 yards, two touchdowns and two picks. Allen threw half as many times as Mahomes did and had 40 more passing yards.
1: I I feel like I feel like every deep ball that Josh Allen hit in the first half went for like fucking 50 or 60 yards and a touchdown. Um it was
0: it was nuts. Like Allen threw the ball for more than 40 yards, I think, four times in this game. And every single one connected.
1: Oh, my God. (sighs)
0: Uh, The Bills ran 54 plays, and the Chiefs ran 79. The Bills (laughs) outgained the the Chiefs by 40 yards.
1: You know what I found interesting from this game? Um, The Bills didn't blitz Mahomes one time. Once! On 56 dropbacks. This has apparently happened in a Bills-Chiefs game before, and it's the only other time it's happened.
0: Yeah, last year, the Bills game plan against the Chiefs, and the Bills lost four games all of last year, and two of them were to the Chiefs, and neither one was pretty. But their plan last year was, we're going to sit in cover two, and we're going to blitz four. Like, you know, we're just going to send our four down defensive linemen, and uh, we're going to try and get pressure with four, and last year they could not do it. Uh, this year they could do it because Gregory because Gregory Rousseau is somehow good as a rookie even though he's played like 20 total games at defensive end in his life. It doesn't make any sense that he's as good as he is right now when he doesn't have pass rushing moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Bills were were pushing Mahomes around like in the pocket, and I I did not think that was going
1: to happen. Um, he he looked very clearly frustrated. Uh, just also at the ability. I don't think he had many downfield opportunities, too. I know he none. Had, yeah, I know that one pass to Josh Gordon. That's the only one I can remember from that fucking game. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, like I guess there was one to Miko Hardman uh, in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. But those are the only two I can actually remember from that game. Um,
0: the longest completion was 26 yards in this game. Yeah. The weird thing about the rhythm of this game is that is that it's the exact opposite of how Chiefs games normally go, which is. The Chiefs, whenever they did manage to score, it was like an eight minute drive and they're like biting in like five yard chunks and converting third and fives with like seven yard passes. They could not pass deep. The Bills literally they were either in cover two zone or cover two man eighty percent of the time.
1: Yeah. In this game. Yeah.
0: And I noticed they just said yeah. pass the ball, pass the ball, Patrick, and it did not and it just couldn't it, it didn't work for them.
1: Yeah, when I went back and looked at this game, because I looked at it one more time, just to make sure my suspicions about it were confirmed, because I didn't really get a chance to watch it all that closely, um, it struck me because I feel, like the, I feel like the Bills just ran a fucking drop zone. Like, it's fucking 1995, that's, and they just dropped and covered That's
0: exactly what they did. They did nothing interesting on defense for a second. Like, I will say, though, uh, they played more man than... The, than than they normally do like the bill standard defense is a very vanilla cover three zone defense which is why Tre'Davious white gets paid so much money he's he's not really like a he's a good man corner but he's a great zone corner and like levi wallace is a good zone corner but we all kind of thought that he couldn't really hang in man um and he and he did give up the touchdown to byron pringle but like they were in cover two man like 25 percent of the time and on third downs, they they like locked up the Chiefs. I've, I've I've not seen the Bills lock up teams in man coverage since like I don't fucking know. Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator <laughs> oh in God. in 2014. Like the Bills just don't do that with McDermott there. It's like a like pretty purely zone team. But uh, when Levi Wallace was asked to play man, and like the Bills used their like weird lanky special teams ace safety corner saran neal on travis kelsey in man coverage and it didn't always work but like it kind of works
1: yeah it worked enough it It worked enough
0: yeah watching the the chiefs move the ball it was just clear that it was taking so much effort and then when the bills got the ball they could just teleport fast guys 50 yards downfield (laughs) i have no context to place this game in as a bills fan i posted about it uh a little bit on the night that it happened but like For, like, basically from the time that I was born, in 1998, until I was 20 years old, the Bills were one thing. One thing. And, like, there would be some superficial variances and differences and all that. But the Bills were aggressively one thing. This is a team that blows big games, and they might pick off a couple teams they shouldn't, but this is a team that will win somewhere between six and nine games, and their quarterback will let them down when it matters, and...
1: Well, folks, J.P. Lossman ain't walking through that door now.
0: This team, it took, like, this group of guys, like, a season and a half, basically, to burn all of that to the ground. It's, like, one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. Like, all of that shit, a 20-year malaise that hung over the football team. Even in, like, 2019, when they went 10-6 and and they made it to the wild card. Or in 2017, when they broke the 18-year playoff drought. It's gone. And it's gone that quickly.
1: Yeah. It's...
0: The Bills were up by 11 points at half during that ridiculous lightning delay. And I thought about going home and going to bed. Because I was not... I was not worried for a second that they would lose at at, at that moment.
1: That's absurd. That, that just, Yeah. I
0: It's the Buffalo Bills. We're talking about the Buffalo I, fucking Bills.
1: I know. And I... It's why I'm happy for you. Because I know... I... I know how shitty the Bills can be because I remember, I remember after, I don't remember the Jim Kelly Bills, but I do remember early Doug Flutie and Drew Bledsoe Bills. Um, Never a remarkable team in any circumstance. Not even once. Yeah, you're right. They're the best team in the NFL now, maybe. Uh, Yeah, I, I... It's remarkable to me that this team was considered like, I don't know if they would be considered uh, the marker for just mediocrity, but they were definitely like up there and they're not anymore. And I'm happy for you because I know, I know, you know, I know what it's like to suffer through a 20 year malaise. I'll say it like that.
0: Yeah. Um, just also it's with fucking Josh Allen. I spent the first two and a half years of his tenure here clowning on him relentlessly and saying at every single turn that this guy's a dipshit and he and he can't do it. He can't play. This is it, is, it is silly that they've even attempted to take this big idiot who looked like he barely knew how to play football in, in college and say, oh, hey, this is a real quarterback. And I was like, this is a farce.
1: Yeah. And I, I think most people were like that. Like, I definitely did not think that he would be anything close to what he is. If you told me, like, yeah, he'll complete, like, 60 or 70% of his passes every game, I would have been, like, no! He completed, like, 50% of his passes at Wyoming. Like,
0: yeah. He completed 49% of his passes at junior college.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: So, even as a rookie in Josh Allen's, like, first win ever... He does the now-famous hurdle over Anthony Barr to upset the Vikings, and that game was a huge, chaotic mess. Uh, that that was a really bad Bills team that just caught a lot of lucky breaks with turnovers, and they caught uh, the, like, 16-point home favorites just totally asleep, and they blew out the Vikings. But, like, Josh Allen did not have a good game. Like, he wasn't good at playing quarterback. Um, <laughs> and that hurdle sort of, like... That hurdle sort of, like, heralded him being this, like, high-variance meme player, right? Yeah. So, like, after his rookie season, where he won more games than he should have, like, he won six games that season, I think, and he wasn't really doing much of anything that looked NFL quarterback-like. So, like, that hurdle, like, Bills fans being so obsessed with that hurdle was, like, the ultimate cope. Here's this quarterback that can't play, but look at him jumping over a linebacker. Isn't, isn't that cool? And then for him to break out the hurdle for the first time in four seasons to, like, convert a key third down that was required to ice the game as a part of, like, the best drive that he's had as a as a bill, which included, like, so much stupid schoolyard bullshit that he's great at, but also, like, genuinely brilliant quarterbacking, it is too perfect for him to announce himself with a hurdle at first... And then once he's arrived, be like, look, I can still do all that dumb chaotic shit, but I'm good now. I, it, it's, I have, it's beyond it is, words. I, I, I cannot believe any of it happened. It's impossible to me that, that we are here with him as a quarterback. I don't know what to do with it. Um,
1: I would say, we be, are in, yeah, I was to I was just, just going to say, be happy and live in the moment because you never know when it's going to happen again.
0: I, I, it's. Especially after week one this season, I was so willing to be like, well, this is going to be a letdown year after last year. Do you know who, after the Bills play the Titans this week, which which we will talk about, do you know who, like, the second best team they play for the whole rest of the season is? Oh,
1: God. Uh...
0: It's like the Saints or the Panthers.
1: Oh, Lord.
0: (laughs) After this Titans game, it's Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts, Saints, patriots bucks that'll be a good game it's a crime that's not a primetime game but then it's panthers patriots falcons jets there's like two games there that i'm worried about
1: yeah yeah so at a minimum you're at a minimum 13 and 3 or something like that
0: i've talked way too long about <laughs> this team in this game and oh. i'm gonna i i'm gonna edit the fuck out of that let me oh be clear Oh my god um
1: you know but i didn't want holy to shit. i didn't want to stop you cuz i was like oh god she's so happy how can i stop her
0: so the bills are 4 and 1 and they beat the chiefs the chiefs are 2 and 3 the chiefs we didn't really talk about them that much they are in hell uh-huh um they
1: don't have any that defens- defense... yeah their defensive backs are just uh,
0: uh, i am I, I am confident that the offense will get it together like supremely confident like by December, I don't expect any of this weirdness to still be lingering. I wonder if Patrick Mahomes is hurt, actually, because he made some very uncharacteristic misses in this game. But that defense, I don't know. Like, they were down a few players today, but even then, if you're giving snaps to Daniel Sorensen, he's gonna, like, that's what's gonna happen. Daniel Sorensen was on the butt end of, like, three deep balls yesterday.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I feel like I heard him talked about It's like, a decent, like, jack or, like, nickel corner or a nickel or, like, a nickel safety. Um, Yeah. Yeah, he got absolutely torched.
0: Also, uh, just one last cool thing. Dawson Knox was on the field for 97% of of the Bills' offensive snaps on, on Sunday, which he's never even gone over, like, 70 before. So Dawson Knox has, like, established himself as one of the better tight ends in the league, which is nuts. But... Something that's coincided with that, Cole Beasley was on the field for 25 snaps. Cole Beasley's role in the offense is rapidly vanishing, and he deleted his social media yesterday.
1: <laughs> Get fucked.
0: I could not have had a better 24 hours as a Bills fan than that. I think that we've done enough talking about the NFL. We have some games to look forward to. Um... Katie, why don't you talk about the college games real quick?
1: Uh, this college slate's a little weird. I There are a couple of games that could be ostensibly kind of good. Um, uh, Oklahoma State, I believe, goes to Texas. Uh, Oklahoma State's undefeated. I don't know if they've ever looked like a true contender at any point. Um, but, you know, you get a win against Texas, you're looking okay in the Big 12. Um, so... I guess the two games that I would say to watch, uh, again, I'm going to be kind of a basic bitch this week. Uh, I might throw one weird one in at the end just to throw you off a little bit. Uh, number 11, Kentucky and number one, Georgia. Um, Georgia opened it as a 23 and a half point favorite against the number 11 team (laughs) in the country. (laughs) Um, Oh no. Um, yeah yeah i mean kentucky does have some playmakers wandale robinson uh worth the price of admission by himself very explosive wide receiver they also like use kind of i would say almost in like a robert woods or cooper cup sort of role in their offense like they have him like kind of come around on like um in and, and jets jet sweeps chris rodriguez uh their running back is also pretty good they've been able to move people off the line a little bit uh Defensively, Josh Paschal for Kentucky's pretty good. Still don't know whether JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett uh, will be starting this game, but I don't think it's going to matter. And honestly, for all the clowning I've given Stetson Bennett, he's played pretty well. He's he's done what he needs to do in this offense, which is manage the game, make maybe one or two throws that a high-level college quarterback probably should make, and just... You go later on in the night, uh, TCU is at number four, Oklahoma. Um, OU is 11 and a half, uh, point favorite. But, you know, they've been kind of flirting with a disaster a lot of this year. And eventually it will catch up with them. I, TCU is not good, but they're good enough for Oklahoma to lose to. I'll put it like that. TCU's three and two. Right? I'm struggling to remember what their losses are. But, yeah. Like, I mean,
0: they just lost to Texas Tech. I... I think you might be a little higher on TC than I am.
1: Yeah, but it's still weird. It's still, for me, like, one of those games where Oklahoma could absolutely lose it. Um, and I guess, like, the one that I don't have on the script, but the one that is kind of weird, uh, Hawaii versus Nevada, um, you get to see a pro quarterback in Carson Strong for Nevada, who we've talked about a lot, um, uh, Hawaii, you normally would associate them with a high-powered passing attack, but they're not this year, um. They're a 14.5 point dog, but it's 10.30 at night. What the fuck else are you going to watch? So, yeah, that's... So, um, we go to the pro slate, and this is going to be a fun one. Uh, Victoria! <laughs> Victoria, why don't you tell me uh, the fucking game you're looking forward to?
0: Bills at Titans on Monday night. <laughs> it's uh, the Tuck Bowl, bitch. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. This is the... So... Tuck Bull, uh, this is going to be a fun one. The Bills really fucking hate the Titans. Both Bills fans and, like, the team. The um, Titans handed the Bills their worst loss last year. Like, yeah. easily their worst loss. Yeah, like, we,
1: we had some bullshit go away. I'll say it like that. <laughs> but, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was... I mean, it was also after not only did the titans like beat down on the bills but it was after the titans covid fiasco which was like the (laughs) first time it was the first time that like the nfl had shown a willingness to like put a game on tuesday and bills fans were very up in arms about how bullshit that was
1: yeah no i'm i'm not gonna disagree with you so (laughs) when victoria told me oh well bills fans hate the titans i was kind of a little for me it was just kind of weird because i'm like why Um, the thing about the Titans is, uh, as a fan culture, it doesn't really exist. Like most of us are, I feel like most Titans fans are Tennessee Volunteers fans and Alabama Crimson Tide fans who just don't have- I cheer for my
0: Blue Vols! I Uh, cheer for my Blue Vols on Sunday!
1: uh Uh-huh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it, even though Knoxville, by the way, uh, big Colts and Broncos area for a very obvious reason- uh, a lot hmm. of Colts fans here. You can probably guess why. Um, yeah. Apparently, Buffalo's opened as a four and a half point favorite on the road. Which, yeah, that yeah. Made, that seems about right.
0: ESPN's got them five and a half. I'm not sure which sports book that they have. Oh. The, the
1: I think they have Caesars. Through. Yeah, they have okay. Caesars, and and I think I checked it yesterday, so it could have changed. But yeah, I I actually thought that the Bills would be favored by it a little bit more. I just the Titans. I. I <sighs> I don't, I don't know what to make of this team still. It's a very, this team, Derrick Henry can like run the ball well and Tana Hill can like get like those deep play action passes. Um, the offense runs amazingly. Our defense though, is just beyond terrible and they will get gashed very badly. Um, James Robinson, the Jaguars actually could have gashed us very badly. And, uh, they just took James Robinson out. Uh, by the way, uh, Quick little side note, Urban Meyer said that he lost track of how many touches James Robinson got, uh, in that game against us. Um, that's not good. But, yeah, so we have the Tuck Bowl. We would do a Tuck Rule Manning cast, but I think Victoria has to work.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, just, I have two final notes. First of all, this is going to be really emotional for the Bills, because this is, this is one of the four losses that they took last year, um... And after beating the fuck out of the Chiefs, which must feel just incredible after losing to them twice last year, I think that they might, be a little, uh, they might be a little like too high-strung and emotional for their own good. I think that this is a sneaky trap game spot for the Bills, because the Titans, um, well, it depends whether or not Matt Milano's healthy. Matt Milano's really, really important to that defense. Uh, they did show against the Chiefs that the defense can function without him, which is new, because last year they could not. Um, when Matt Milano was out of the lineup, the defense was pitiful last year. Um, I think this is either going to be a surprising trap game, sort of game where the Colts win by or where the Titans, sorry, win by like ten, or the Bills are going to nuke them into oblivion. Um, yeah,
1: I'm going to be because... off Twitter for this game. Um, so direct all direct all your complaints to um, not me. Uh, I know. I'm direct like... them to me. Yeah, I'm, I know I'm, like, one of five Titans fans that actually exist. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for this game, though. It'll be fun. It'll be fun.
0: Yeah. So, with that, a Mega Tuck rule has mm-hmm. been concluded. Uh, we went real long today. I'm not sure how much I'm gonna edit it down to, but this is almost certain- certainly gonna be our longest show ever, so that's fun. But there was a shitload to talk about. <laughs> so, um, I think that makes sense. Um... You could find me on Twitter at DirtbagQueer. Uh, if you need to know uh, how old Jermaine Edmonds is or how many years he's been in the league, <laughs> hit me up. Hit me up because uh, uh, I can let you know. Katie, where, where can the folks find you?
1: I am at Cates of Heaven on Twitter. Um, you will see me manically college football posting on Saturday. On Sunday, I don't really... I tend to do a little bit of NFL posting, not much. Um... And during the week, I shit post a lot. Uh, some about trans stuff, some about football stuff, and a lot about just um, being a fucking idiot. So, yeah, if you like that, uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah.
0: Um, you can follow the show account at TuckRulePod on Twitter um, for various news and updates. Uh, occasional shit posting. Um, we officially endorsed the Cumbel this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that's cool. This is the only football podcast brave enough to to talk about cum. And uh, I think with that, oh, actually, real quick, uh, if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, five stars, maybe drop us a review. Uh, and again, our, our podcast in particular is glitched. Uh, so you can literally only rate us five stars. Uh, don't even try the other options. They don't work. So, uh, with that, Katie, why don't you take us home?
1: Chase Daniel eats pussy.